0: is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that, by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. So last week, I went out to um, the Black Hills of South Dakota where Mount Rushmore is, and I ran a half marathon. If you don't know what a half marathon is, it's 13.1 miles, so when you hear that, your first question might be, why? (laughs) It's a very normal question, it's uh, a very natural question to ask why anybody would run that far on purpose. And I'll show you, I brought it. I ran for this. It's called a finisher's medal, and I finish. all right? And so it it says, uh, 2019 Finisher, Mount Rushmore, Half Marathon, Uh, I love medals, and so I run because I want to collect these. And I put them in a little box, uh, and I look at them and I think, I earned that. (laughs) (laughs) Now this particular race, the Mount Rushmore race, was actually the most challenging race I've ever run. The first 7.8 miles of this race were actually uphill. Which was insane. Uh, Now, it was myself and my daughter, Aaliyah, who I uh, run with. Uh, Actually, she runs ahead of me because she's faster. And then uh, my wife, Marissa, went as well. She was a a very faithful walker. So if you want to know what it's like to walk a half marathon, talk (laughs) to Marissa. So, uh, at mile one, Aliyah and I were still together. And she looked at me and she said, We have made a mistake. (laughs) And it wasn't so much regret or remorse, but simply a matter of fact. This was a mistake, because it was so challenging. Now, uh, by the time I got to the end, it would have been a really great race. I finished quite strong, I had a good time for myself, so I felt very good about it. And as we're cooling down, Lee and I were cooling down, she got there about 10 minutes before I did, we were kind of just waiting nearby, and we were near the awards. Uh, set place where they kind of give out awards for people who ran this race uh, and actually finished first, second, or third. So I just want to read to you the times with people who finished first, second, and third. The uh, first place winner, finisher, was uh, 23 years old. He ran 13.1 miles in one hour and 15 minutes, which means he ran at a 5 minute and 43 second pace uphill most of that race. That blew my mind. As I was sort of watching, looking at him, and listening to that, I thought, "Well, okay, 23. Who knows, you, Friend." Uh, the second place uh, finisher, second place winner, uh, got up there, and he ran the race in one hour and 26 minutes. So he finished a full 12 minutes behind the first guy, and he ran at a six-minute and 37-mile pace. That is phenomenal, in my opinion. He's 35 years old. I was it away. Wow, 35-year-old who could do that? The third place winner. Ran in an hour and 32 minutes. He ran at a 7.05 pace. That's also incredible to me. I've never run a mile that fast my whole life, even with animals chasing me. Uh, and then they said, and this guy is 46 years old. I'm 46. I was crushed. Because I ran that race in 2 hours and 35 minutes at an 11 minute and 50 second pace. Okay, fine, yes, hooray. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got the finisher medal, alright? Not the uh, actual winner medal of anything. I am slow, and I'm a lot slower than I thought I should be. I kind of thought that uh, folks my age would all be running about the same path, but apparently not. Apparently, I can be doing a lot better. Didn't know that. What struck me about this as I was watching these guys, listening to this guy, and is that age makes really all of us, maybe not as quickly as I thought, Slow down. It all goes slower as we get older. Eventually, we go slower and slower and slower. Kind of like a watch that isn't wound up. And then one day, we're just done. One day it's over. It's universal. No one gets to avoid this story. Even that guy who ran at a 705 pace. Someday, maybe I'll be there. Someday, his watch will run down. All of us at the end of our race will have the same question to consider. You thought of it, I thought of it. It's a normal question. And that is, what happens when we're done? What comes next? What happens when we've slowed so much down that we just aren't going to go anymore? We call that death. And then as you think about that moment... The natural thing is to think, well, what's after death? Death is just a moment. Death is just a thing. What comes next is a super important question. Now, here's the fact that I know about death, or at least about what comes next. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. None of us can give an eyewitness report about what happened. We haven't been there and then come back. And tell told other people here's no, if it's happening to me, if it's going to happen to you, and those people that you don't like, here's it's going to happen to them, you're going to love that man. No one can give that report except for this one guy. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Jesus Christ. He died, but then three days, and then came back. And he's the only one, in my opinion, who has credibility to speak about. What actually comes after our death? After we've slowed so down that we no longer are alive? What does Jesus say about that? Well, to that exact question, we have our gospel reading today, Luke chapter 16. If you want to look along with me, I love that. It's in the bulletin. We have this story where Jesus talks is talking to his disciples about what happens after we die. And he's assuring his followers. That is the people who are listening to him, the people who believe in him. They don't know that he's Messiah yet, but they know that he's a great teacher. And he's assuring them that at the end of, at the after your death, at the end of this life, you will end up in one place or another. You will either be in this place, heaven. He doesn't name it here, but it's this really great place we'll talk about that in a second. Or this place that he calls Hades, another word for hell. One or the other, he says, and. What's fascinating about Luke 16, that he tells his disciples, and he's telling us today through the same text is, you get to decide which place you go to. How about that? Not a bad deal. You get to decide where you end up. And he uses this illustration of two people who died to illustrate his point. Two characters. First, a rich man, and then a poor man who gets a name, Lazarus. Here's what we know about these two guys. They both lived, and they both died. But after death, they both didn't end up in the same place today. One, the poor man is carried up to his ancestral father, that is Abraham, and he has that sweet, sweet afterlife. And then the rich man is taken to Hades, to hell. To that place where it's described as torment, and that place where it's described that he is thirsty. And I love this, because you ever been really thirsty? You just want to drink, right? Even now you to to get some water. <laughs> being thirsty is terrible. It's horrible. Torment sounds bad, being thirsty to me sounds worse. So there's the rich man in here. Now, are they separated because of, well... Or lack of wealth? Nope. It was because of their focus in this life. Their focus here and now, when they were still alive. You see, the rich man was a worshiper, but he was a self-worshipper. He worshipped what he had, who he was, who he had become. He was so concerned about himself, in fact, that he had completely forgotten about and ignored God. He had ignored this next question about what happens next, and I can imagine him in this life saying, it's not that I don't want people to have things, I do, but it's their fault if they don't have it. I can imagine a rich man saying that. I can imagine saying, I have food because I worked for it. I earned it. Self-centered, of course. Self-serving. It lacks sympathy and compassion for those who do not have, who are helpless and widowed and orphaned. Instead, what he's forgotten and what Jesus wants us to hear through this story that I want you to hear again today is, life is short. Life is short, and you may know that intellectually, but this story illustrates it all again, again to the point that doesn't matter what you have, life is short life is at its very best grief like a flower in a garden that blooms one day has a couple days of beauty and then fades and dies it's not hard for us to believe this I don't think we see it around us and we encounter it in ourselves all the time I will tell you privately don't tell anybody this but The scariest moment of my my day, every single day, is when I go in the shower and I look at the drain, and my once lush hair. I had great hair, y'all, but I don't anymore, and I see it dying in front of me in the drain. And I don't know why. What did I do to get? What did I do to deserve that? Life is brief, and my hair is even shorter than that. (laughs) The rich man, the rich man forgot it. Instead, he thinks that he had what he needed. Jesus tells us that he was concerned about what to wear to impress people, and he was concerned that other people saw what he ate. Sounds a whole lot like social media to me. He was a hard worker. He must have been smart. He must have been very clever. Jesus isn't condemning him for any of that. Instead, what he's missed, what he's forgotten about, what he's ignored, is the God who gave him this life right now. Who gave him that intellect? Who gave him the grace to be born in those particular circumstances so that he had the ability to become wealthy? God did. But the rich man thinks that he's earned it. So, he worships himself. He's unconcerned about where God is, he's unconcerned about how all of this got started, and he's definitely unconcerned about how it's all going to end. Life is short, brothers and sisters. Life is brief, And the rich man forgot that. I don't want you to forget that today. The second thing that the rich man forgot, not only was the brevity of life, was that all of us, that everything we see and know, has an expiration date stamped on it. Every one of us has a use, use before date stamped on our forehead. You may not see it, but it's there. Use before that particular date comes. Sadly, some die quite young. Others die when they're older, and yet still others die when they're quite old. What's the difference? I don't know. God knows the date that we have. I can tell you that even if we make it to 110, 120, that date is still right there. It is coming for all of us. It, none of us avoided Lazarus 2 in the story, the hero, he also dies. Rich man dies, Lazarus dies, I'm gonna die, you're gonna die, we all know this, it's coming. And I actually think death is a reminder, a helpful reminder that we were created by God. It's a helpful reminder that we have a creator who cares about us, who's thinking about us, and that death point Reminds us that he's still the boss. You think that knowing that would make us better people. You think that maybe knowing we have an expiration date might cause us to plan ahead a little bit and think about what comes next. How we should invest our time here and now so that maybe later we're different people. But it doesn't. It doesn't always. Mostly we just like to forget about it. We push it off. I don't want to think about what comes next. So let's talk just for a few seconds here about what it means to finish well. That is, if you're going to run this race in such a way that you're changed, that you have a different outcome in the afterlife, that you have a different outcome on what comes next, let's talk about running that race well now, finishing well right here and now. Jesus teaches his disciples how to do that. And by extension, he teaches us that the ultimate human transition, again, death, Can end up in two places, torment or relationship. Torment or relationship, that's what we see. The rich man is tormented. Lazarus is in relationship with Abraham. He's doing a new life with his family that he wants to be with. The rich man must have been religious because he recognizes Abraham, he cries out to him. But that recognition of who Abraham is is not enough. It's not enough to recognize God or recognize the person of Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that even the demons know who he is. So, what difference is that you know who God is? The difference is this faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. And this separation that we see, the chasm between these two men, that is the bridge that Jesus has. Made for us when we have a relationship with Him. We go from torment to life with Him. From torment, from thirst to relationship. Between family with Abraham or separation forever. Jesus has made a way. And it's up to us. Every one of you gets to decide: Will you take that offer? Will you walk across that bridge, or will you just put off that decision and think, "You know what? I'll worry about when that. I'll worry about that later. I'll worry about that on my deathbed." If you can predict that, good luck. We have this opportunity to walk from death into life. Life, eternal scripture says, from separation into eternity. I so want you to choose life with Christ. So you got to remember that life is short. You've got to remember that you have an expiration date. But you also have to remember how to finish well. And the way to finish well is to choose Christ as your Savior. That's what it takes. So, like my run, like my half marathon, obey ask, why did you do that? Why did you choose to run all the way to the end? It was because I wanted to finish well. And so spiritually, emotionally, relationally, I want you to finish well with God. And when you do make that decision, you no longer fear what comes next. We may not know, but you don't fear. You don't have to question about who's in charge because you know God is. And you won't be confused about who you are. One thing I really love about our church is all around the sanctuary, on the windows, and by the windows, and up front, all over. We have these little plaques. Maybe you've seen them. Maybe you I love them. The memorials. Saints who have gone on before us, who are now dead. Maybe they didn't know how short life was. Maybe they didn't expect to be dead, but they do now. They know now. And these plaques, these memorials, they all can remind you of the same thing. And that is the importance, the utmost importance of the decision that you have to make about faith in Christ. They are like arrows pointing the way to the cross that provides your way home. We know what happens in the end. Luke 16 tells us. Don't ignore it. But you have a choice. You do have an opportunity to finish well. And I want you to address it today. I want you to address it right now. I want you to acknowledge to yourself, do I actually have faith in Jesus, or do I just know about him? Have I just heard about Jesus enough, and I think that's going to be enough, because it won't. You've got to decide that you're a part of his family like You've got to be a good follower. You want to be with him. So with that, I want to look forward. Call their Acknowledge the room this side with people, as many people here, that there are most who have yet to make that decision. They've heard of you, they've thought about you, they've maybe even examined some of your story in scripture and yet they have still not made that decision to have faith in you and so I pray for whoever that is right now, here today, who has yet to make that decision to have faith in you and I pray that they would recognize that now, today, is the time to finish strong, to make a decision to have faith in you. Thank you God for this story that it was just a story, but there are also lives in this room that matters to you and that you are giving us that invitation. And so I pray that we would take that opportunity to put our faith and hope in you, knowing that we won't be separated anymore, but we will have eternal relationship with you. Thank you for this offer. that We need nothing to receive. And yet we can accept it today. For those of us, God, who have accepted this offer, I pray that you would renew that hope in us and cause us to live with joy, not as people who did, but as people who know and learn to other. We ask this to hear it Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.